This is Valley Views, our weekly conversation with influential and interesting folks from around the Wet Mountain Valley. Today on Valley Views, we're visiting with Nicole Parsons, Valley resident. She's been here about three years, and she's currently working on a project with the Wet Mountain Valley Community Foundation that we're going to be talking about. She's been a DJ here at the station and had uh, several shows. Nicole, welcome to the program. Thanks, Gary. Good to be here. Now, before we get to the topic at hand, let me offer uh, our congratulations here at the station for your mention in the New York Times. I mean, that's big things. In an article on podcasts, your show uh, that you did for KLZR, the Wet Mountain Valley Dry Goods, was mentioned. So what was your reaction to that whole thing? It was a total, total shock. It was um, actually mentioned in their list at the end of the article of recommends of podcasts for people who were just starting to listen to podcasts. And of course, in addition to airing it on KLZR, I also made it available online for family and friends who lived in other places. And uh, through that, I had um, been contacted um, to be interviewed by a woman who was doing a e-newsletter. She called it Flyover Podcasts. That were podcasts that were created in the middle of the country rather than on the coasts. And um, she interviewed me. And gosh, it was over a year ago, and mm-hmm. she had since gone on to become a producer at StoryCorps. And um, she was just one of the people that they interviewed, the New York Times did for that article. And of all of the podcasters who she talked to, um, mine was one of two that she recommended. So that was a pretty good, big shout out and caught me totally by surprise. I was going to ask whether it was something you knew was coming. Not at all. And someone sent uh, the article to us, and I don't even know how... I mean, that's a random thing that somebody would even catch it. Some, yeah. The New York Times publishes a lot of pages. Yeah, there's a lot of information in there. It certainly wasn't a big headline article at all, but actually it was through um, through a board member at KLZR that I found out about it. So that was a pretty lucky catch. Well, that's very cool. You are back re-engaged with the Wet Mountain Valley Community Foundation to promote collaboration between groups in the valley. We've just finished with the latest uh, Spirit Campaign, which was quite successful. You yes. were at the uh, Czech distribution meeting yep. and gave a, little, gave a little talk. And in that talk, you said that collaboration is the key, but there's no natural pathway. Expand on that, if you Yeah, would. absolutely. You know, collaboration really works as a process of discovery. It's not something that works very well when it's forced or when somebody has an agenda. You will work with me. But... Often, if you aren't countering one another, then those kind of natural places for natural discovery and connection of common interests or common goals don't happen. And you'd think that we live in such a small place um, where we all move generally way slower than anybody along the front range or in a kind of metro area moves that we would have a lot more opportunity to make those connections naturally. But just like anywhere else, there's other things that kind of work against that when you're focused on your organization's mission, that's really consuming. And it's hard to sometimes just even find the time to lift your head and hear what other people are doing. And then just our our wide open space sometimes works against it. Um, There's a wide distance between people and organizations. And unless you're the same schedule or you're in the same seasonal rhythm, there's a lot of people who you won't necessarily naturally encounter. So the project is really just a way to create some of those places where more natural engagement might happen and create just some habits of bumping into each other, essentially, for the nonprofit community. 
at the Spirit Campaign meeting, uh, you mentioned a three-pronged attack. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, look at each of those. Sure. One of one of those was you plan to use the weekly farmer's market to help local groups uh, spread the message and their mission. Yeah. How will that play out? Yeah, uh, the Community Foundation is going to be um, kind of hosting a table at the weekly farmer's market once the summer comes along. And um, there'll be an opportunity for nonprofits to have a space and time at that table throughout the season. And this is, again, one of those opportunities to just sort of get in the way of natural conversations that happen. So this is a way for nonprofits to begin to connect with the wider community and a place to get their message out, a place to have conversations with the general public. So not just to inform about who they are and what they're doing, but a lot of times organizations have questions for for the community, like, what are people thinking about mm-hmm. this or that? Um, the farmer's market is a great place to have those conversations with people in the public and, and just find out what they're thinking, what their needs are. And also a great place to connect with people who share a passion, who may want to uh, volunteer um, and work with the organization, and and especially newcomers to town. I think we ha- one thing I heard last year when I did the interviews was a great desire to connect with new people as they move into the region and start to build those relationships. Mm-hmm. So each week you would have a different group or two at a table. Is that is that the physical thought? Yeah, I have not actually worked out the full details of the schedule for that uh, because it's still with the snow on the ground, it feels like summer is a long way away. <laughs> but probably a group or two, and probably not for the entire duration you know, of the farmer's market that day. So there'll be several segments of a couple hours apiece, so nobody's committing a ton of time. Mm-hmm. But if you want to sign up for a bunch, first come, first serve with that, for sure. I look forward to the farmer's market, and it does seem like, uh, with the snow on the ground here, that it's a ways off, but I know how quickly that can approach. Very, very true. Another thing you're going to do is catch up with various groups on a one-on-one basis with those groups. Your initial foray into the community, uh, you talked with maybe 40 or 50 groups like that. So it's time to get back and see how it's going? Yeah. Those initial interviews, I talked with 51 nonprofits, sat down with almost all of them face-to-face. Several of those were phone conversations. And those were extensive conversations lasting anywhere. There were a total of 45 questions that were, most of them were very open-ended. So some of those conversations lasted two hours, and I got to hear so much of what was going on in each of these groups, and I've missed people. <laughs> so <laughs> this is a chance, but these are much shorter conversations, 10 to 15 minutes, but you're going to happen a little bit more frequently. So rather than two hours once a year, uh, 10 minutes every other month, just to see how things are going. And I've begun these, and the, the response has been really warm. It's been fun to catch up with people, and I've already had a number of people groups that were just grateful to have the contact and to be heard from, to have somebody, you know, check in and listening. But again, our nonprofits are doing such incredible work and a lot of them are doing it in a lot of isolation because they're working hard and and uh, trying to, to meet their goals. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to pause and and just check in is a is a great thing all the way around. Mm-hmm. One of the most interesting pieces of what you're doing are the affinity groups, uh, and you've slated and planned to host various affinity gatherings uh, to encourage communication and collaboration. Uh, So just as an example, the first one's already occurred, and that was on 
arts and culture. So first, uh, just so everybody's on the same page, uh, identify or define affinity groups. Sure. I, for, for the purposes of these gatherings, an affinity group is a group of nonprofits that have a mission that falls under a general umbrella. And these are very loose. These are not tight, very strict definitions. There's often a lot of crossover. So the first one, as you said, was for arts and culture. So that included any organization that had any affiliation with the creative arts, the performing, making, um, sharing of anything within the realm of creativity. So that included painters, organizations that, that worked with painters, poets, musicians, sculptors, fiber artists. All of these were invited to come to the gathering, assuming, the, the reason that I organized it this way is assuming that there would be natural connections mm-hmm. that that would happen, even if the the arts guilds and the Bluegrass Festival obviously have very different mediums that they're working in, but some of the, there's a lot of shared values and shared passion mm-hmm. around what the arts can do, mm-hmm. and so um, that was our first gathering, and we'll have uh, five more um, around different things. So uh, we'll get to the other gatherings, but let's uh, focus a little on the uh, arts and culture since. Uh, you've just had one of those, mm-hmm. and uh, since I was part of it, as full, under full disclosure, I represented the uh, radio station there, as well as uh, Bluegrass. Mm-hmm. We had several people from uh, High Mountain Hay Fever yes. there also. What was your reaction to that meeting? You go in with certain expectations, and uh, did it play out like you thought? Or uh... Yeah, to, again, full disclosure on my part, this whole thing is an experiment. <laughs> um, so I was really trying to keep my expectations in check, recognizing that really all I can do in this project is create opportunities for connection. So I reached out to all the organizations I could possibly think of that might have an interest in this definition of affinity, and had a good group there, a good-sized group. I think for for what I was planning, having the discussion the way we did, it would have been a bit challenging if they'd been bigger. And, and that is helpful information to me to readjust going ahead. But I, my sense was that it was a lively conversation that I don't know that any brand new, totally brand new connections were made. I think there were a few that came mm-hmm. up, some opportunities that were that were new. But to have a, a facilitated conversation where every got, everybody got to be heard from, events were shared, coming ideas and aspirations were shared, a number of collaborations that are already existing, mm-hmm. very, very rich in the area of arts and culture, um, were named, and that was hugely encouraging. And just in general, I think for me, the number one definition of success for a lot of these gatherings is if at the end, a lot of people are kind of lingering and talking to one another, mm-hmm. um, because that's, that's the whole point is to make those connections. Just establishing connections. As you know, uh, Sangre's Art Guild, which is visual arts, is partnering with KLZR for the High Peaks Music Festival in September. They want to have sort of a month-long event, which features music with our thing, and their visual arts. So we'll provide music to their art opening. They will be at the High Peaks Music Festival showing their art. So that's a great example of collaboration, and 
the radio station is pleased to be uh, partnering with uh, Sangre's Art Guild. Absolutely. And those kinds of collaborations, the beauty of that, one of the things that we did at this gathering was to begin to identify in a, in a little bit more concrete way the enormous number of resources and assets that are in the county around any one of these affinity gatherings mm-hmm. and that those assets can be brought to bear in a number of ways that when we're when we're isolated and doing things alone, things we may not be able to touch individually, mm-hmm. um, there's a synergy that happens mm-hmm. when you can bring people all together for collaboration like what KLZR is doing with the Sangre's Art Guild. So you'll be inviting uh, folks to these affinity uh, gatherings, and as we run out of time here, yes. let's uh, make sure we mention some of those. What What do you have lined up? Mm-hmm. Um, April 2nd, 1130 to 1 o'clock at the back room at 103 Main Street in Westcliff is Health and Human Services. And so that is a very, very wide spectrum of groups. Anybody who is reaching out to protect or support or engage with the well-being of the community physically, mentally, relationally, is welcome at that gathering. And whether or not you're a a member of one of these nonprofit organizations, if this is just a passion of yours, you're also welcome to come. So anybody to can uh, find find their own. Then on uh, May sixth at five thirty, uh, you have outdoor conservation, recreation, and sustainability. Right, exactly. And then uh, down the line, I, I see uh, June fourth, children, youth, and education. Yes. Uh, July 9th, animal welfare. A lot of passion around that. And then uh, in August on the 13th, history, heritage, and veterans. Yes, yes. In these six... Does everybody find a home? I did my best to work through the list that the Community Foundation has of the organizations that have participated in the Spirit Campaign to see if I could place every single organization mm-hmm. in one of these. There, the fits may not be perfect, and there's going to be some organizations that say, oh, actually, we work in several of these. Um, and again, so th- it was a way to, ch- to try and loosely organize things. Um, but if anybody's out there and says, hey, I don't feel like I'm, I'm represented, they certainly can contact me and we'll see where we can fit. But as these gatherings come up, I will be in contact with all of the nonprofits under the Community Foundation's umbrella and recommending and personally inviting them to um, one or more of these gatherings. As we end, any words of wisdom for organizations out there? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think the one word of wisdom I would say is we can so easily get very, very activity and mission focused. Um, And one of the things I found in my interviews last year and that I'm finding again as I'm reengaging with people is that, you know, we're all human beings first and foremost. We show up at our organizations as, you know, the people that we are in the rest of our lives. And making room for that humanity actually is the foundation of, of all the best partnerships I've ever personally been a part of. Mm-hmm. And so I think the more that we welcome people first as just the full human being they are, then that whole human being can serve the organization and in turn serve and support the whole community. So let's just be people first, <laughs> and then we can be representatives of our organizations. There you go. All right, Nicole, thanks for stopping by. You bet. We've been visiting today with Nicole Parsons, who's uh, working on a collaboration project for the Wet Mountain Valley Community Foundation. My name's Gary, and under full disclosure, I am on the board of the Wet Mountain Valley Community Foundation. We'll see you next time on Valley Views. You've been listening to Valley Views on KLZR 91.7 FM. Valley Views airs Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. and 4 p.m., and again on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. 
Send your ideas and comments to comments at klzr.org. Valley Views is produced by the volunteers of KLZR 91.7 FM. I'm walking on a rainbow with my feet on solid ground. 